Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. All right. Welcome, everybody. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is March 20th, 2023, 6 a.m. Jerusalem time. And this hour is the journey, which is our weekly discipleship hour. This hour, we're continuing our book study on Sinai to Zion by Joel Richardson, which is a study on the biblical narrative related to the second coming of Jesus. And for this hour, we're reviewing chapters 18 through 20. And these chapters begin the third and final section of the book that's titled The Triumphant Return of Jesus. And in this section, Joel goes through what are called the desert prophecies. And in this, in these three chapters, they speak, the desert prophecies speak directly to his return to earth. And they are Deuteronomy 33, Judges 4, 4, and Psalm 68, and each of the chapters 18, 19, and 20 speak to those, to the prophecies in those three passages. So it, it was for me, a challenging section. A lot of these things, I just simply had to take Joel's word for it. But before we go into worship, I just want to say this as a little caveat, which is that we're not, we're not presenting Joel's book as the absolute gospel truth. We're asking everyone to be Bereans and, um, and uh, determine for themselves, read the scriptures for themselves and determine for themselves whether they think they think these things are true or if they want to challenge some of the things that that he is saying and this is this is part of the we're depending on the maturity of all of you in the watch that we're not spoon feeding you things we're giving you things that will challenge you will challenge uh, your perhaps beliefs in things and you may agree or you may disagree or you may agree with parts and, and not agree with parts so that's going to be part of our discussion tonight. <clears throat> so anyways, let us have, since we're picking on Vic and Diane, let's have you guys open us up in prayer tonight. And uh... Thanks, Fred. Lord, thank you for the joy, especially at this early hour of the morning for us. And Lord, we just want to bless Sue with the joy that's obviously spilling out of her right now. And thank you, Lord, that we can get to know each other so well, even over Zoom. And Lord, we just ask that in this hour now, you help us to work with each other, that you, as Fred has said, that we will discuss openly and freely everything that we've read this week. And Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be with us as we discuss, that you would guide us and guard our thoughts, Lord. Help us to guard our minds from, from mistaken ideas that we may have or that, that we may be considering. So bless our time, Lord, and guide us in the hour ahead in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Vic. All right, Susan. I do have the giggles tonight. When you make a fool of yourself, if you can't laugh at yourself, it's like, you're way too serious, <laughs> but no, no, it's better than that. Susan yesterday had a, a prophet from from Bethel declare over her the joy of the Lord. I think this is the, the fruit of that. Oh, that that could very well be. Uh -huh. I'll I think take it that. is. <laughs> um, anyway, 
we are in the midst of a lot of stuff happening in the nations. And I thought, I ran across this worship song and it, it's very simple. When things look complex, you know what? God takes us down to the simple things. I think it has four words in it or five maybe. But what struck me was the spirit moving amongst the people. And it actually, by the middle of it, it brought me to tears. So I think that's a good segue into our discussion tonight. You just say, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. Our Susan Rao, oh. please give us some opening comments on these three chapters. I'll try <laughs> that song. Wait, just a few minutes ago, you were laughing and now you're crying. Dear God, help. You want me to go first? Uh, let me just say this. I believe that's a song we need to sing going into this week. We have, as you, those of you who have been reading any of my texts, we do have a convergence this week heading into Ramadan. And I believe that the four winds of, I think it's Daniel 7, talks about our stirring the atmosphere. It really means that there's war in the heavenlies. And to approach this week, like you said, Rennie, holy awe. And I sensed earlier this week, I wrote it, I think it was yesterday, that the Lord is calling us to shift from knowledge into understanding. And we can look at the events and see the fury of the heavens manifest on earth. But I'm saying tonight, let us sharpen ourselves as well. The song of Deborah was spoken. He went over in chapter 19. And I was reading through that today, and I realized that in the Judges, let me get the verse. <clears throat> this is, Israel was up against it. And God raised up both a man and a woman to war together to save a nation. I don't think Barak was weak. That's how some interpret it. I think he was very strong and wise. And he chose a woman of understanding and strength to battle with him because she, he trusted what she said. He trusted what she understood. And she was a prophet who could see and understand. And I believe we're in those days that God is raising up both men and women who will rise up and battle with him in days of adversity. And that's what I got out of these chapters. There's more I could say, Fred, but oh, here it is. Judges 5, 5, I'll start at 14 and 15. From Ephraim were those whose roots were with Amalek. After you, Benjamin, with your peoples, from Mechir, rulers came down, and from Zebulon, those who bear the recruiter's staff, and the princes of Issachar. 
those who knew the times and the seasons were with Deborah. This is the, and I feel like God is raising up the sons of Issachar who know the times and the seasons, who yada the times and seasons that move beyond knowledge into understanding. And that's the call of these chapters, Fred. That's my summary. Yeah, and that's actually we're, as watchmen, we're really part of our calling and part of what we're pressing in for is to, is just that, is to understand the times and the seasons and know what we should do. And obviously we're going to, it's going to be imperfect, but it's a worthy, it's a worthy quest. Let me just say that there, one of the main things that I noted in these chapters was how the tense of the verbs in translations matters and seems to change the focus. And Joel was really made that point both in chapter 18 and chapter 20. There may have been other places too, but the, those are the places that I noted. The first was in chapter 18, which was on page 118 of his book, that he said that while Deuteronomy 33 verses 1 and 2 is translated in the past tense, the verbs are actually in the perfect tense, which apparently means that they could be either past, present, or future. So instead of saying the, at the very beginning of Deuteronomy 33 verse 1, it says, the Lord came from Sinai. That's the way it reads in our in the translations that I've read. But he's making the case that it could actually be read, the Lord is coming from Sinai, or even the Lord will come from Sinai, which shows the passage in a pretty different light. And it makes it sound much more like it's talking about the second coming of Jesus. So that's the first place he talks about it. That's in chapter 18 talking about Deuteronomy 33, verse 1. The second place that he talks about the different verb tenses, or the second place, at least that I noted, was on page 154 at the beginning of chapter 20. And in this chapter, he's referring to the beginning of Psalm 68. So in Psalm 68, in the King James Version, it reads, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate him flee before him. But in the English Standard Version, it reads, God shall arise, his enemies shall be scattered, and those who hate him shall flee before him. And again, Joel makes the case that this is really referring to the second coming of Jesus. I struggled with this a little bit, and I part of, the, part of my upbringing or education, I never had very good instruction in grammar. So perfect tense, I don't even quite understand exactly what that means. So some of the discussion about verb tenses is a bit over my head. So in most of these three chapters, as he's laying out his case, I'm pretty much just taking his word for it. But um, I have a personal attachment to Psalm 68, verse 1, which I declare on a fairly frequent basis. And when I'm declaring it, it's definitely in the present tense, as in, in the New King James Version, which says, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. And that is a, it's an extremely, to me, that's an extremely powerful declaration that I'm making, particularly over my state of California, which desperately needs God to arise right now. And so anyways, I think that it, these were challenging chapters in some ways. I did not, he gave so many scripture references. 
I did not have time to go through all of them. So this is definitely getting down into digging deeply in, in the word. And so we want to hear, Susan and I want to hear what you're, and also, but having said that, I have to say that we, we're not expecting you to take as absolute gospel truth everything that Joel says, but at the same time, we both really respect what he has to say and his view of things, his view of the end times, his view of scripture. And he is, he is definitely endorsed by Mike Bickle, founder of, the, of IHOP in Kansas City, who we deeply respect and admire and who is a, a deep reader and a studier of the word. So having said that, let's go to, we can go right into the breakout session and, and the breakout session questions, unless you have something else, Sue, that you want to mention. Well, I do. One is that going through these various desert prophecy books, which we'll be going through, I think three more, and seeing the parallels coming at, that are being dug out from Edom to Mount Seir, Mount Seir is Petra, from Sinai to Edom to Mount Seir, time and time again, he, it's amazing that he's dug this out in these parallel desert prophecies. And the cloud that goes before Israel in the wilderness, I had not related it to the cloud that Jesus will come in when he returns. All of these things are bringing back parallels that are in the cycles, in the scriptures that has really caught my attention and has solidified in my mind the journey that we're going on to Israel and Jordan now coming up in a few weeks. So I hope those who are engaged with us either by prayer or going on it, we're paying attention to what he is saying in all of this, because we are truly going into part of at least the path of his return. And I, I was even thinking this week, reading through Psalm 68, that we as a team and those praying for us should start each day saying, let God arise and his enemies be scattered because we're preparing the way for his ark to return. Yeah, amen. I don't know if that's presumptuous or not, but I feel like there's a cover in that. And Fred, you do, we do frequently speak that to each other. And when we're on special journeys or assignments will speak that. Yeah, let's go in and discuss what we've gotten out of the chapters to solidify the gains, so to speak, and have any questions. And we'll maybe come back and let's have a quick review of the gains that people got or questions, any significant questions that our people have that we can do. We're at 25 after the hour. Let's do 15 minutes in the breakout okay. session, 20 till the hour, come back in. And I did put the basic, the question is just simply this, what are some specific points that you got out of reading these chapters? So we don't have a particular bent on this. People will have different thoughts and different ideas, and we just need to, sh need to share them with each other. So let's just do this for, for 15 minutes too, okay? Okay, gotcha. And we'll send you off into your breakout rooms. Happy hey, Cyber awesome. Safe. What? Yes, awesome. Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay. Hit the right button, please. I'll try. Everybody's back. Be looking the worst for wear here. It's all good. Susan Rao, how many groups did we have? Five. Five groups. Okay, good. So let oh, us. Six. I'm sorry, six. 
So let us start with group one. Group one, you have a spokesperson? We do, Fred. Bob Johns. All right. I know that voice anyway. <laughs> All right. We started out the parallels in the prophecy that was shared here and how it's all been arranged by the Lord. Just a deeper understanding and the magnificence of all this. And something revealed is a wake-up call that we are to be a part of being with him in the arising and fighting according to the sword of the soul, the spirit, meaning the word, and how that is so important right now. And another question that was asked or raised, are we doing this keeping anything from the arising happening? And so that was a very serious part. We also shared a little bit about that was in our with us. So we had some time to talk about communion. We're looking that we're to do this until the return and we should celebrate as if we're looking forward to something that's still great and mighty to happen and not be in our sadness in the communion time. And also it was brought up that, that we need to be standing in the gap as for Israel. And so we prayed for Israel in our session too. So That's good. That's good. And that's good, Bob, having this perspective of being not letting sadness or us at some of the things that are going to happen be the final thing in our spirits. And this is such an important thing that we are, that we monitor what our own reactions are to things and that we we really have God's heart and his and his love constantly flowing through us so important thank you so we were group two and, and we had a great we had great comments from people that are questioning certain things not in a negative way but just like I don't know in the idea of wrestling with certain concepts one person said they weren't sure whether they what they thought about Jesus coming from Sinai on his second return. That was a new concept for them. Another person said this wasn't necessarily related to the three chapters, but just to the book in general. But what do what does it look like to have so many prisoners of war? It was really hard to conceptualize hundreds of thousands or maybe even over a million people being prisoner being prisoners of war in the in in the end times or when Israel gets invaded. And then it's still another person was saying that the concept of Petra being a place of refuge was a new concept. This is all just these are all just things that we're we tried to say that the stance of where we need to be is to be digging into God's word and be holding all these things lightly or loose in our hands and, and hearing different points of view and trying to be a good Bereans and seeing how this lines up with scripture. So that was our group two. So can we go on to group three, group three spokesperson? Yeah. Hi, Fred. As always, we forgot to nominate somebody. So I'd made a few quick notes. So We'll just Great. go through it. I think the most significant thing that I heard in our group was, this is so huge. It's overwhelming. There's so much in these chapters and also in this book. And even given a week to read it, really, you haven't had time to process everything because there's so much that's different that we haven't glimpsed before. And Great point. 
I think said about seeing the end times in Moses and Deborah, just that alone is like a brand new concept for people to get their heads around. As <clears> always, Joel is really thought provoking. You may not agree with his ideas, but he's making us grapple with, with concepts that we really need to grapple with. And I loved a simple response was, I'm going to trust you, God. We're not going to know the whole thing before we get to heaven. So we'll trust you with what we don't understand. Um, I just encapsulated that using the, the grammatical thing about we will understand the future perfect in the perfect future. There, there was one other com comment. Oh, yeah. It was like reading a master's dissertation. His research is impressive, but it's really difficult reading. It's hard to get your head around and get some understanding out of. And I, I think for me personally, as a retired academic, previous books of his, I've been 100% with. This one, not so much. Some of the ideas I'm finding a little tenuous, the links between them, but does it matter? What he's doing is making us grapple with the word. So bless you, Joel, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, Fred, I'm just going to point out something that I've been trying to figure out too, that kind of goes back to how Petra goes, gets into this. Well, depending on what you mean, you read Basra and Petra are basically the same, or you can figure it out that Petra is different than Basra, but they're very close together. But Basra means sheepfold. So when you read sheepfold in these songs or in these desert prophecies, it means Basra or Petra. And indeed, there's a lot of sheep herders around there. So that we're going to get the opportunity to see. Yes. Yep. Great. Thank you, dear. Yes. Thank you, Vic. Yes. There's a lot of this that's somewhat overwhelming, but it's it is worth going at it and not being being spoon fed some ideas as a gospel truth. But it is so it's just requiring a certain level of, of digging and maturity on our part, which is which people have, which I which we're ready for, I think. So thank you so much. Let's go to group four, group four spokesperson. I think we'll delegate you, Rosalind. You showed a lot of wisdom tonight. And I know I talk too much. And if Amy won't do it, Rosalind, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Seriously. You did show a lot of wisdom when you're talking about how to read with discernment. Can we ask you? I'm the one who had to make the confession that I hadn't read the chapters, so I was there to listen. But as I listened to everybody's point of view and they were all valid and they were all discerning, but possibly I would ascertain not necessarily conclusive, but I read a scripture which I'm going to read out and it's all I'm going to read out. I read it on Sunday. It's Psalm 92. It's only two verses, five and six in the Passion Translation. And it has relevance, I suspect, to what's being discussed here. And it says, depths of purpose and layers of meaning saturate everything you do. Talking about the Lord. Such amazing mysteries found within every miracle that nearly everyone seems to miss. Those with no discernment can never really discover the deep and glorious secrets hidden in your ways. And that's probably going to be a guiding light for me as I launch 
into the rest of the book. Wow, that's great, um, Ron. Where did you, where, what's the reference on that? Where did you, where are you reading that from? Pa Passion Translation, and it's Psalm 92, and it's verses 5 and 6. So it, that's taking out of context, perhaps, but nonetheless, I believe it can stand alone and it can be applied Mm -hmm. in many areas but Amy had some wonderful things today to say so did Hannah and so did Susan so please feel free to speak because I didn't cover everything that you shared one of the main things that we talked about is realizing how the Hebrew language has so many different layers and that for me just in reading the scriptures you begin to go, wow, I missed that the last time. And it's like the Lord shows you something else. It really is digging in a mine where you keep finding the gold and the precious jewels. And I remember a pastor once saying years ago, it's not the mystery of ungodliness. It's the mystery of godliness. That's I think great. our emphasis was just really getting into the word and what God says. So Joel's book, I may not agree with everything, but a lot of it I do. And I'm beginning to see how much is driving me to study the scriptures even more. Yeah. Yep. Very good said. All right. Let us go on to group five. Group five. Spokesperson. Hello. I seem to have been volunteered. I've got my pen of a ready writer. So I try and do my best. Petra started speaking and she was just really amazed about this whole thing of Moses' song and Deborah and the whole thing of in Deuteronomy 33, this being such a prophecy. And she was interested, being a German speaker, about reading the tenses in Hebrew as past, present and future. And that apparently the imperfect tense of the perfect means in, oh, sorry, the perfect says in German, you shall do, it's a command. It's an issue to do, but that she was talking about interpretation because in German, the imperfect tense means the opposite, apparently, of the imperfect in Hebrew. So God knows. And we were just saying, Lord, will you give us revelation of these several layers of meaning? And then we went on to Golda, and she was fascinated with this whole idea of the king's highway and how it's in the wilderness, how it's hard to build and how through the allusions of it through the word, even the Isaiah 40, the spirit of Elijah that would be helping to build up this highway, the high places brought down, the low places raised, crooked, straight, rough, smooth, all preparing the way for the coming of the glory of Yahweh. And when she was speaking, I got excited. I thought, hey, that's part of what we're going to be part of. It's very exciting. But it's difficult because we don't know, have full understanding. The king has arisen and he is already rising in and amongst us and he's going to arise again. And it's this whole thing of I am the God of the past, the present and the future. And it's all our concept of time. And then we need to think about the personal application of what is our trajectory in the future. And she was just saying she listened to some very helpful teaching about the difference of the kingdom and our church ideas and our church concepts. And it seems to be very small and about us often. And yet the king's authority, his protocols, his presence for us personally, and this sense of needing to come into much deeper reverence before him. 
he is king. He's king of his kingdom, and it requires discipline and humility. And he teaches us in the wilderness. It's like our grooming place, our humbling through the wilderness and us learning even as the sons of God to arise to carry his glory. So it's less of us and far more of him. And then Helen spoke about her, the whole grappling with the victory of Jesus in relation to all this Old Testament stuff. And Sandy was speaking about the narrative about when Jesus comes. And her passion was to really pray for the Jews and for us to need to look up that the Lord's redemption draws near and not get bogged down with the sadness I actually just contributed just very briefly that by God's grace, I listened to Joel Richardson a lot on the return conference that happened at IHOP New York after Christmas. And he was talking and John Harrigan about the difference of Jewish eschatology and Greek eschatology and these different end time scenarios in the religious Catholic perspectives. It was fascinating. Anyway, the point being that Jesus spoke about the age that we're in and the age to come and the coming of the Messiah. And really, what is our expectation on this trajectory? And the whole thing with the Greek idea is we just go up in the rapture. We're going to sit on the clouds and there's no consequences really of our life here in the earth. Whereas John Harrigan was speaking about, we need to do what Jesus said to be true disciples of Jesus suffering, taking up our cross daily following him whatever it's going to take so that when we come before him as the just judge of the living and the dead we will be able to be received in our resurrection bodies to rule and reign in his messianic age and when i was re reading through all this is what was like resonating wow he wants us to get ready to rule yeah. and reign with yeah, him. thank you thank you hillary amen it's amen. Amen. he wants us to he wants us to be ready Good, very good point. Let's go to group six, last but not least. Who's the um, spokesperson for group six? I got roped in, so there you go. It's a terrible so, thing, isn't it? Get roped into something. Yeah. It's all right. Quite but, but we'll go with it. Okay. Joe Hardwick was sharing that South Africa is having quite a difficult time at the moment. I might turn my camera off just so for reception. Yeah, um, we can hear you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Christine. I didn't quite understand what she said. It's all right. Just Shoshana, we're sharing. She's shared on the chat, actually, that Matthew 24, 24, if people looking here say he is, he's there, don't believe it. Just basically, it's like the lightning from the east, east as far as the west. Yeah. Basically, it's just that he's there. Focus on him. He's there. He's going to do things. He's going to come by his spirit. He's going to come. He is coming. It seems like we're ferreting out things. We're coping with challenges. We're doing what we can. And everything feels like it's falling apart. And yet he's there. And just focusing on him and giving thanks. Yeah, remaining amen. on what we know, what is steady in him. Yeah. Amen. There's a lot that we don't know. But there are what we have to do is fall back on what we know. And we know that he loves us, that he'll never leave us or forsake us, that he's good all the time, that his mercies are new every morning. Amen. And he doesn't, he does want us to dig in his word. We're, that's very important. It's an important part of the watch. Great. That's great. Thank you, Lynette. 
All right, Susan Rao, we're going to go back to you. We're at the end of the hour. Okay, just a quick announcement. This week is a very important week. We have another spiritual convergence with the first of Nisan on Wednesday and Rosh Kodesh and the start of Ramadan. And so it's all converging at the same time, 22nd, 23rd. We will be sending out information tomorrow, just some guidelines. I feel like this is very important for us to get beyond the guidelines and into God's presence and understanding what the will of the Father is. So we're going to be moving towards more of a prophetic prophetic suggestions on how to pray and how to focus in our prayers for a greater breakthrough. So that will be coming up this week. Yeah, that's a, and Wednesday, because of the tensions in Israel, we're going to have a situation room on Wednesday for the Israel Watch. That's just hot off the press. Things are changing rapidly. They may change by Wednesday, but we know who is our rock and whom we can stand on. And I just want to say we're emphasizing this end time study, not for people to get drowned in all these things. That's not it. We want to give people a framework from valid teachers uh, or what I would consider really strong teachers. Mike Bickle, Joel Richardson's are really uh, modern day teachers that I really feel I can trust. And this is a framework in which we can begin to intercede and pray for the nations and the situations that are rising up with understanding. Yep. Claire, did you have something? This might not be the place for it, but does anyone want to comment on the potential Saudi Arabia and Iran getting well, back together? Are, yeah, those alliances are all beginning to watch. We can start watching this whole situation with the Northern Army coming in through the North. I think it's, we've got China, China and Russia talking this week. All these alliances are, are framing the framework for the 10 Nation Confederation. So that is that is a whole discussion in and of itself. But thank you for bringing that up. We just need to pray into it this week. Yep. Very good. All right. Let us go to the world-renowned Hannah, who um, says that she talks too much, but I disagree. So we're going to have you close us off in prayer. <laughs> no, I recognize I do. But anyway, thank you, Fred. <laughs> Father, Again, we are very thankful. We're thankful for each other. We're thankful for tech that has allowed us to meet one another this way, Father. We're thankful that you, in these circumstances, you went ahead of us and you set this all up. And Lord, I just, something in my heart says, I just want to pray for these young people who work in the tech industry, Lord, who are I've talked to so many of them individually. They're so demeaned by the church because the church keeps telling them, why are you working in this field when it's so dark? No, it's been stolen by darkness. And these kids are trying hard to float programs, to write algorithms, to, to get in there and start companies that are going to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. So Father, we just pray for them. We uplift them tonight, Lord, even as we're working together on this book, Father, and trying to understand the end 
times, Lord, we know tech's a huge part of that. We just want to speak a blessing over every believer who's in that tech industry, who's made this Zoom tonight possible for every one of us, Father. And we pray you will give them downloads from heaven. You will speak to them, Father. You will speak to their hearts. You'll give them every prophetic word they need, Lord, every vision they need to move forward. And you'll cover them in that industry and protect them through the blood of the Lamb, through your angelic host, Father, through your name that we speak, Yeshua HaMashiach, over each and every one of them. Father, as we get into studies like this, Lord, we just pray you'll take us, each one of us, into the levels in your word and in these topics that you want us to go. You know where every one of us are. And you know exactly what our next step's going to be, Father. And we just pray we are not going to compare with one another. We want everyone to move into the next step. Move into the new. We just want to move with you, Father. So by your spirit, we ask you to seal everything tonight. Give everyone a good sleep or a good day if you're on the other side of the pond. <laughs> a good day till we meet again. Blessings on everyone. Amen. All God's people said... Amen. 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 Amen.